and welcome to the Power of Authority podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Prince. Each week, you'll hear tips, stories, and inspiration from people who are leveraging the power of authority in their business, leadership, and life. It's time to get your story out of your head and onto paper so that you can grow your business, make a difference, and build your authority. After all, you can't spell authority without author. So let's get started. Hi, and welcome to the Power of Authority podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Prince, and I am so excited about my guest today. Our guest is Tom Ziegler, CEO of Ziegler, Inc., as well as the proud son of the legendary Zig Ziegler. And we're going to be talking about all things Ziegler. We're going to be talking about how to choose to win and so much more. But I just want to say, Tom, thank you so much for joining us. Michelle, it's awesome to be here. Wow, what a big day. I know. This you're is my, awesome. You're my first guest on the, the Power of Authority podcast. And I am honored for that. Thank you so much. So Tom and I have, we we go way back. Yes, we do. We go way back. Uh, I first met Tom when I was 22 years old, and I started working at Ziegler back in the day. And Tom was my boss. He was VP of sales for Ziegler, and now he's CEO. But we've known each other a really long time. I know. How how fast does time go? Is we it, haven't aged a bit. I know. We're the same. <laughs> haven't changed at all. Or we would like to think. So I have to start off with this question because, and I'm sure you get this everywhere you go. Your dad, clearly, Zig Ziglar, uh, world-renowned, amazing man, uh, one of the greatest motivators uh, of all time. But he was your dad. Yep. So what was it like growing up having Zig Ziglar as your dad? Well, I always tell people it was uh, as good as he was on stage, he was even better at home. I mean, that's just the reality. He had a way with people. Uh, you know, mom was his number one client, and he loved my me and my sisters, and uh, he just always was there. So, And he was kind of quiet at home, so we would be hanging out, watching TV or whatever. He'd always be working on his, you know, on his yellow pad, thinking about this. Uh, growing up, he took me to school just about every chance he could because he traveled a lot. He was gone two or three nights a week on most weeks, but when he was home, it was 100%. And then when we go out in public, uh, people would recognize him and they would come up, but it wasn't like a typical celebrity where they were interrupting to get an autograph. They were coming up to say, thank you for changing my life. Wow. And that never gets old. So. Did you really know how big he was, though? I mean, when did that happen? When did when did you realize that, wow, he is doing incredible things around the world? So when I was young, I had no clue. I didn't know how famous he was. Mm-hmm. And then when I started working at the company, you know, we'd go to an event, and there'd be like 20,000 people standing wow. ovation. Wow. And, of course, that says a lot. And then uh, as I matured in the company, became president, mm-hmm. you just kind of grown, you know, becomes normal. And then when dad passed away, we had over 12,000 comments on Facebook. And these were like half page, page long comments about the difference that he met, made in their life. And, and now when I travel, I can't wait because there's always a Zig mm-hmm. story. You know, it doesn't matter where I am. Somebody's got a story. And so it's not the famous part that I'm proud of. Right. It's the story that usually has the same theme. Yeah. I read his stuff. I heard him speak. It changed my life. And when I met him, they they all say the same thing. It was like I was the only person there. 
he always made you feel that way. Yeah. I, I've, you know, working at the company when I was younger, I obviously was able to be around him quite a bit, but he always made me feel that way. Like I was the most important person in the room and he just had this way of uh, just showing people he cared, but he was, he was quiet. He was humble and uh, just such a great, great experience. Uh, I, I, I say it all the time. I've yet to meet somebody with as much integrity and love for people. Yep. Day before yesterday, I got a call from an individual who dad had met with him in 1995, and he'd gone through some really tough times. And dad actually sent him the manuscript that he was working on for Over the Top. Wow. And said, hey, this will help you. And yeah. so now, all these years later, he's calling me with his wife on the phone in gratitude. I just wanted to tell you what your dad meant to me. And that's just kind of... Uh, the stories that we hear, yeah. and they just, every every month, it's like something new like that happens. That's incredible. I love it. I, I hear stories similar because, you know, part of, so much of my story was impacted by, by your dad. And, you know, I'm curious, what is, you know, people were always seeking Zig out for wisdom and all, through his books, through speaking, through everything. But what's one of the best pieces of advice he ever gave you? as his son. Oh, wow. Well, I talk about the number one lesson I learned from dad in the book, Choose to Win, and that is we get to choose our input. Mm -hmm. And this is an old story that I wrote about recently. I think I was 16 okay. and he was worried about, you know, dating and girls and, and as uh, he should. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a 16 year old right now. Yeah. And, uh, we're sitting there watching TV, and he looks at me, and he says, uh, Son, you know, you can find a good biscuit in the trash, but that's not where you should look. Mm. And I was like, what's he saying? Yeah. Well, what he was saying was, and Playboy was the thing back then, right? Because yes. that was kind of new, and today it's ten times worse. But he was saying, hey, you know, people will make the excuse, well, there's good articles in that. <laughs> And, and I said, Dad, what do you mean? And he said, well, you know, you can go up to the corner at Church's Chicken. You can probably dig around in the trash and find a good biscuit, mm. you know, because they probably just threw it out. But if you want a good biscuit, that's not where you look. And so what he was telling me was to be very careful and intentional yes. about what I put into my mind, what I read, what I listened to, who I hung out with, yeah. even the girls uh, that yeah, I dated. Yeah. So later on, after I'd been married for a number of years, my brother-in-law reached out to me. He's... Uh, Chachas' wife, or, or brother, my wife's brother. Uh, and he says, hey, Tom, would you have ever married someone who smoked? Mm. And I said, no, I wouldn't have. And he said, well, how do you know? And I said, well, because I never would have dated someone who smoked. Right. And so that was kind of the way Dad was, was teaching us. He was saying, hey, think about mm -hmm. in advance what it is that you want in your life and make those choices. Yeah. So recently, so this is about legacy, right? So he mm -hmm. was teaching legacy. Mm -hmm. So there's a new definition of legacy now. Okay. Legacy is when you prepare those you love to grow through life's most difficult challenges. Oh, I love that. Yeah, so that's because let's face it, you've got kids. Mm -hmm. Life's going to hit them. Mm -hmm. We don't know if it's going to be a, a relationship or a career that didn't happen or a disappointment and something else. But all we can do is prepare them right. with the idea that they're going to grow through the challenge because we can't we can't take the challenge away, right. right? That is an incredible definition. 
and being a mom myself, that, that really resonates of, of what kind of a legacy are you leaving for them? Well, you are incredibly blessed to have had a dad. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Clearly. Nobody, nobody knows that better than me. Clearly. And, and so, and I love, and we could talk all day about, about the impact that your dad had on you, on me, on everyone. I do want to dive into, though, so as CEO of Ziggler, there's so many things happening with the company, so many things, even in just the last couple of years. We talked just a little bit about what does Ziggler stand for today and how, how are, are you leaving the legacy sure. that your dad started? So when you think about the company, uh, dad was just as good a speaker as ever walked the stage. And then he wrote some best-selling books. And the company kind of sprung up around how do we support what he is as a personality, right? As a one and a, you know, maybe nobody will ever do that again. Uh, And so when you look at the divisions we had in our company, you know, our whole corporate speaking and training division, it got started like this. Hey, can Zig come and speak at our convention? Oh, sure. Oh, yeah, what's his fee? Oh, do you have anybody else? Exactly. I mean, that was... <laughs> and so now dad passed away seven years ago now, uh, November 28th of 2012. And it's a it's a totally different company. Completely. Right? Cause, because, you know, and dad always said this. He said, you'll never know true freedom until I'm gone. Mm-hmm. Didn't know what that meant at the time. But now I understand that what it means is, is he recognized that each of us have our own gifts and talents. And when he's gone, then we can, instead of supporting him, and but that's what I love doing, uh, I've got, we'll have to then go and develop my own, right. right? And everybody on the team will have to do the same thing. And so now our company, rather than being personal development and corporate training and things like that, kind of a mission that I think we have is to transform, equip, and support people so they can change the world through coaching, training, and speaking. Yes. Right? I mean, that's, so the legacy is really born out of this idea that the world needs hope and encouragement now more than ever. It needs life-changing material now more than ever. And there are millions of people who have been impacted by the message. Mm -hmm. So let's reach out and get them on our team. Right. Those who buy into the philosophy and have that same calling. So and that's what we do. It's amazing. You're right. Seven years. I, I can't believe it's been seven years, actually. But it has evolved so much. And one of my favorite things uh, that Ziegler's done over the last seven years is Ziegler Legacy Certification, which I'm very proud to be one of the uh, in the first class of uh, ZLCers, as we call them. <laughs> uh, but what that means is really just people that are committed to keeping and you know building the legacy that your dad created and impacting people's lives. So talk a little bit about that and what is Ziegler Legacy Certification? You bet. So what we've done is we've taken kind of the legacy, the 40-plus decades of, you know, almost 50 years of life-changing content, and we certify people to go out and share that. And so we have different kinds of people come through. Some people actually come through just for transformation. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's the most transformational week ever. They, <laughs> they say, you know what, if I'm a better person, no matter what I do, it's going to be better. Mm-hmm. Some people come back and their goal is just to take it back to their company or their community, maybe their church. They never want to sell it. They just, so we have business owners come in right? and they take it and they then teach their people that. And then we have uh, trainers and speakers who say, you know what, the Ziegler brand, this content, I could take it out 
exactly. and help. It'll help me grow my business. Mm -hmm. And in the meantime, people's lives are being impacted by this material. Yes. And then, you know, I think maybe the most uh, gratifying thing that I do personally when I really get down to it is coaching. Because when you speak or train, you have a great day and you leave and you don't get to see the journey. But when you coach someone and you help them see the potential they have, mm -hmm. and so they start to recognize it, claim it, develop it, right. right, and then use it, then you get to watch them grow. Right. And so we're working with all kinds of people through that in the coaching area. Which is huge because... Like you said, I mean, you can read a book, you can hear a speaker, but sometimes people need that ongoing accountability. They need to know that somebody's in their court and, uh, I, I, and you're a natural born coach. I mean, that, that's one of your gifts. I feel like you are a very, very good coach. And, you know, I've seen you evolve actually. I mean, we both, obviously we've all evolved, but since, um, seven years ago, you know, you spoke at your dad's funeral and I don't remember exactly what you said, but I remember thinking, the next generation is, is, is really, you know, moving forward. And you have similar messages to, I mean, because the philosophy is the same, right? The philosophy is built on, on values and, and, you know, important things that Zig taught. But you have a different approach to it, which I think is incredible and so needed, right? Uh, one of the things that, I mean, I've learned so much from you through the years, but you are very intentional and you are very much about, you know, what you're putting into your mind. And so that has kind of rubbed off on me and, and so many people, but through your coaching, that's where it started. But talk about how that evolved into an incredible book program, choose to win. I mean, it, it's the core of what you've been talking about for so many years, but you perfected it. I feel like over the last couple of years through coaching and through webinars and talk a little bit about what is choose to win. Yeah, I was speaking in Australia uh, doing a full day of training. This was like five years ago. And somebody asked a question. They said, what's the fastest way to success? And I just blurted out, the fastest way to success is replace a bad habit with a good habit. And I didn't think anything of it. Right. Steve, Steve McKnight, my mentor, he entered. So we went to break, came back in. He leads off the section. He says, everybody write down what Tom said. And I'm like, what did I say? And he said, the fastest way to success is replace bad habits with good habits. So I took that quote. Right. I immediately that night, I went on the Internet to see if anybody else had said, said it. Because it. <laughs> it was too good. Yeah. Um, so I claimed it. Good. And then I tested it against the Ziegler philosophy. And so mm -hmm. if you're familiar with Ziegler, we teach balanced success. Mm -hmm. And there are seven areas of life. And no matter what goal you set, it's going to be in one of these seven areas, the mental, the spiritual, the physical, the family, the financial, the personal, and the career. So I asked the question, if I replaced a bad habit with a good habit in each one of those areas, would it work? Would it hold mm -hmm. true? And it tests out. Wow. It's an amazing thing. And so I'm a big believer in incrementalism. I'm a big believer in... You know, I've heard it said that we overestimate what we can do in a short amount of time and we underestimate what we can do in a, over a long period of time. And so the simple idea was born, what if we took little bitty tiny bad habits and replaced them with little bitty positive good habits? Right. What would we look like at the end of the year if we just did it once a week? Hmm. Whole new life. Whole new life. Whole new life. And so what's a good habit? It's just a good choice made over and over again. 
Give me an example. What's something, or maybe even somebody that you've coached that took that philosophy to heart and they, they made one small little shift, small change. Well, the one I share a lot is if you drink, uh, Cokes or Dr. Huh. or Dr. Peppers or Pepsi that have uh, sugar in it. Right. If you replace that with a bottle of water and everything else stays the same, in a year you'll lose 17 pounds and consume 44 pounds less sugar. Wow. That's it. At another event, somebody said, if you were going to boil it down to one thing, what would you say Zig Ziglar's ultimate secret was? Well, here it is. For over 40 years, he spent two to three hours every single day studying God's Word, reading, listening to educational, inspirational material so that he could internalize it and simplify it for the purpose and for the benefit of someone else. And there's a proverb that says, uh, he who waters the garden will they themselves be watered. Mm. And so this is the most common life-changing little tweak. What if every day you just spent five minutes learning something new Mm-hmm. You internalize it, you simplify it, you put it in your own words, and then you share it with someone for their benefit. If you do that every day for a year, do you think your life would be different? It's, it's life-changing. It is life-changing. And the motive is key. Mm-hmm. And so that's what drove Dad. He, you know, he never needed a, he, he He talked about the electronic rooster, you know, the, right. the, the alarm clock. Right. Right? <laughs> it's not an alarm clock. No. He never needed it. It's an opportunity clock. It's an opportunity clock. <laughs> Because why do you need one if you're waking up to pursue your dreams? Love that. Right. Yeah. And, and so his dream, he became who he was because every day he wanted to learn something new that he could share with someone else for their benefit. That is huge. I mean, what you really just said is, is what I'm very passionate about, and that's your story. Your, your, the authority you get is not so much... It's not about you. It's about what are you learning? What is it that you have absorbed? What are you reading? And, and you know, what information can you share with someone else? And that's, that is what your dad did. I, it's funny. I, I have a couple memories of, of, of Zig, Monday morning devotions. So, so at Ziegler, every Monday morning, there was um, a short 30-minute meeting uh, called Devotions, and it was optional. Uh, he always said it was one of the most important meeting of the week. That's right. And but it was just it was our way of kicking things off with inspiration and really focused on what mattered most. And you know, here's Zig Ziglar, bigger than life. And when he was in town, he always he was always there, but he was always right up front taking notes, That's no right. matter who was speaking. And I remember this because one time, this was so many years ago, Tom. It was long before I I decided to write a book and really kind of step into what I. I'm doing now. And I was asked to do devotions and I was so nervous because Zig was going to be in town. And I just, you know, I'm thinking, well, what on earth could I teach him? You know, he knows it all. Right. And he said, he sat there so gracious and he took pages of notes on what I'm talking about. And, uh, anyway, that just speaks again to his character, but the importance of information and making and constantly feeding the mind with the good, the pure, the positive, um, so what else about Choose to Win? Because this is a book, by the way, I have to say, I, I had the opportunity to read Tom's book before it came out and write a testimonial, and it is absolutely phenomenal. And in fact, it's one of those books, it's kind of right on up there with me on See You at the Top and Choose to Win. It's so simple. It's very simple, but it's powerful because it's just, it's the things we know to do, but we don't always do them. Right. 
And and so anyway, I highly recommend the book uh, to to go to Ziegler.com and, and pick it up. But talk more about it. And and also what 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 prompted you to write this book? Yeah, so a couple of things. Uh, the book has really got three parts to it. The the first part is you gotta start with why. Yes. Uh, as a coach or you know, coming off stage when you speak somewhere and somebody grabs your arm like, hey, I've got a question. And usually they'll say this, I'm not sure if what I'm doing is the right thing. Okay. Because there could be like thinking about a new career or they're unhappy in their work or am I living out my purpose? And so here's what I always say. What you do is important. That's important. But it's not near as important as why you do it. Mm. When you discover your why, it changes how you do it. Which opens the doors of what? Yeah. Right? And it's a, just a great example. Uh, a lot of successful people, you say, how did you get your start? And they'll usually say, well, I was a waiter or a waitress. And the reason that they say that and they became successful is because they knew what their why was. They were full of energy in the process of serving others that they usually got hired right out of that job to the next thing. Right. Right? It was their door opener to the next yeah. thing. So no matter what you're doing, you can still go after your why. So I spend the first section on why. The bulk of the book is in those seven areas okay. of the things you can do because you want to be successful in all seven. That's right. And then the last is you got to you got to take action, right? There's and so how do you start? And we talk about some things you can do that you know how to start. Well. The idea from the book, you know, Dad told me, just like he told just about everybody, hey, you need to write a book. <laughs> he did. Well, I'm kind of a, I'm kind of a perfectionist, uh, and I do things in my head. I'm kind of a thinker. <laughs> um, and so it was always, always working on it, but never working on it. Right. And when I got that anchor quote in Australia, you know, the fastest way to success is replace bad. That was kind of the catalyst for writing the book. Uh, so that took, now the book is just, Oh, it's huge. It's, it's taken off. It's 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 impacting so many people's lives. And think about all you know, that what I was gonna ask you is about your journey to becoming an author because it 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 will it did take a little bit longer to get there, but you were very intentional about it and I, I think it paid off. Yeah. <laughs> well, I told Michelle because she was like, When's your book coming out? Because actually one of your book bounds I'd actually outlined an earlier version of the book. And I'm and I'm like, well, I finally I finally put the stake in the ground. You said, what'd you do? I said, well, I went out for for three days. Uh-huh. Mark Batterson says, change of pay or change of place, change of pace, change of perspective. Yes. So I needed to get in that quiet place, and with a good friend, mentor of mine, an agent who had represented the dad, we did the book outline. We sent it off to the publishers. About 10 of them, uh, and four of them wanted it, which was shocking to me, so that was exciting. Uh, And then they said, we'll give you this amount of money if you get the book in by this time. And then they sent the money, and I didn't want to send it back. (laughs) No, that's good motivation. (laughs) So so that's that's what I had to do because I knew that I would always be perfecting the book unless I had a deadline. So now the book, uh, we've turned it into a course. Mm -hmm. And we've also got the Choose to Win coaching system. Yes, talk about that. So this is why we're calling it a system. Uh, It covers the material in the book. The book goes along with the coach. Mm -hmm. But in order to be a successful coach, there's five things that you need. First, got to be the right person. Mm -hmm. And most people are. 
they just don't give themselves credit. They think that the, because they've made a mistake or something happened to them that they're disqualified. Let me tell you something. That's the very reason you should. That's right. Right? Because whatever your, whatever your trial has been, that's where you're going to help the most people. Mm-hmm. The second, besides the right person, you've got to have the right program. Mm-hmm. You've got to share something of truth, something of value that's going to take people on a journey that's going to help them grow, that's going to unlock and unleash that potential. Right. Number three, you've got to have the right process. And we teach a coaching process with our Choose to Win coaches. And the fourth is the big one. And when I look at all the coaches out there who struggle, you got to have support. That's right. Right? you got to you got to have somebody on your team mm-hmm. because most great coaches are not natural sales and marketers. Right? I mean, it's just very few of us mm-hmm. have that experience. True. And how can you change a life if you don't have a life to change? Mm-hmm. And so we actually, if with our coaches, if they have a prospect, we'll get on the phone with them. That's huge. And take them through the enrollment process. And this is something else. We call it enrollment because you don't want to sell somebody any coaching. No. Right? You want to ask them the questions to where they say, that's it, that's what I want. It has to be a good fit. Right. It definitely has to be. And then the last, the last piece of the system is you got to have business systems. Okay. Right? And so we, we teach all of that. So. It's not just about, hey, this is how you coach and here's a great program. Right. It's the support. It's the validation. Yeah, you have what it takes. It's the systems, and we bring all that. So how could somebody learn more about Choose to Win, coaching, the courses, the book, all of that? At Ziggler.com. Okay. That's the easiest way. <clears throat> Ziggler.com, for sure. There's so much great information. <clears throat> Excuse me. I have one last question. And I have to ask, because this podcast is called The Power of Authority, and, you know, it's a play on words, right? You can't spell authority without author. But I want to talk more, what has changed for you since getting your message out there? Now, you put it out there in a book, but you've also put it in coaching and a course and speaking all over the world. What has, what, what has happened as a result of that? How have you leveraged The Power of Authority? It's, it's really just been an amazing thing. Um, because you, the credibility that goes up when you have a book, uh, it's just a different level. It's no longer, uh, Hey, do you know what you're talking about? Um, and then there's something transformational that happens when you put it in your own words. Mm -hmm. It's like, wow, that was good. I mean, (laughs) I'll see things and I'm like, who wrote that? And it's like, Oh, I wrote that. Wait a second. Right. And so, what that does then is that translates into confidence when you're with other people. Uh, and so that goes up. But when I look at the book all the way from, I mean, I do a, we've got a little quote book that we mm-hmm. give away on it. We do an online course every week that I teach. Uh, we've got a two hour workshop, a nine hour in-house training program. Right. We've got the coaching system. We've got the book. I did a digital journal around it. Uh, and all these things just just added up, and you look at it, and you go, wow, that's massive. But it really all just started with the book. It did, yeah. And the message, right? Your yeah. your message, once you have that clarity, and then you put it in a format that, that can really benefit a lot of people, I mean, that's where the, where the magic happens. And when, you're, when you have the opportunity to share your message, Dad said this, uh, I'll close with this story. So dad called Lori Majors, his assistant for 42 years. And this was about 25 years ago. Lori, would you look up all the testimonials we've ever gotten? I want you to count them. 
So she <laughs>, laughs. The next day she calls him back. Zig, we've got too many to count. We're going to have to weigh them. And then he asks, would you read enough of them to figure out what is it that changed their life? And for every person who said it was the speech, there were 99 who said it was the book, it was the audio program, it was the seminar. And so if you have a life-changing message that you want to share with people, it's great to share it because that will get them to read the book. But the book's what's going to change their life. And we all want to be in the life-changing business. Absolutely, we do. Well, Tom, thank you so much for being my very first guest awesome. on the Power of Authority podcast. And I'll close with, if you are ready to share your story, if you have a heart to help people, you want to you know, get that message out in a bigger way, I would love to give you a gift and give you my newest book, The Power of Authority, totally free. Just pay shipping. But go to thepowerofauthority.com, grab your book. We'll ship it out to you right away. And, and just... Begin knowing you do have a story, your story matters, and it's time to get it out there. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Power of Authority podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode and find me on social media and let me know what did you like best about this episode. And don't forget, share this with a friend. We'll see you soon.